I'm Nicola Dean and this is Safeguarding Matters with the Ancraft Trust. So yeah, I'm going to be talking to Charlotte Gilmartin. She's an ex-elite athlete who's been working with ACT on the participation forums um, and she's going to tell us about her work um, with, with ACT, why she's interested and some give us some tips basically about um, the athlete experience. So hi Charlotte, can you introduce yourself and your background as an athlete? Hi, so yeah, so I'm, as I said, Charlotte Gamartin. I am a two-time Winter Olympian for GB short track speed skating. I retired two years ago now and managed to pick up several European and World Cup medals um, and retired after the last Olympics. So how did you go from being an athlete and then working with ACT on safeguarding adults? What, what's your interest in safeguarding adults? Well, I think as an athlete um, through the whole of my career, it's not something you think about at the time. But when you kind of retire and take a step back, I knew that I wanted to give back because as an athlete, you have so much support to make you the best you can be. Um, So I knew that I wanted to give back from kind of that privilege that I had as an athlete myself. Um, And it was kind of trying to reach out for whichever ways I could kind of find to do that. That was the avenue I went down. um, And then the more I kind of looked into it, the more kind of safeguarding I realised actually how little I knew as an athlete and thinking there must be so many athletes in that position. I think it's just not something that's um, taken care of. So do you have any personal experiences of um, anything that you found difficult in sport? Um, So I think, you know, when I started out, um, I had, it was just a snowball for me. So it was a, a real quick transition from, being scouted at a birthday party to three years later making it onto the national team at 15 years old wow. um, so it kind of it there wasn't any time to think it's like oh, I'm, on, I'm on a national team now um but that did mean that you kind of in the position where you move in cities um and you're kind of becoming an adult even though you're still really a child so you think you're an adult at, at 15 16 for sure um I definitely did at the time and you can do it and you're independent but looking back if there had been better support systems in place especially kind of regarding my kind of mental health and and um just more kind of advice there I suppose I think my progression in sport would have happened quicker so I went from kind of winning a lot of competitions as a as a youngster being thrown into the adult world of sport and then being sent to a world cup and getting lapped and suddenly I was like oh I've gone from saying to a psychologist that I was going to be the best I'd ever been not just I didn't want just an Olympic medal. I wanted to be a world record Um, to then the realisation of the shock of actually, am I I even going to make it? It really hit my confidence. Um, And then having to move to a lot of different houses in that time and just never feeling settled. So it kind of, it was a big shock to the system. I think if that transition would have been better, Mm. then it would have saved me a lot of time where kind of the baggage that I kind of got over them years. Gosh, that's quite a story, isn't it? Of being completely thrown from, you know, ice skating with your friends through to being an elite athlete. That's that's a big change in a young person's life, isn't it? Yes, it's a big turnaround. So I went from training on a Friday night and a Saturday and a Sunday morning um, to suddenly you're training a couple of times a day. Um, you're now having to kind of you're meant to be watching what you're eating, you're doing this stuff, um, which. Like, like I said, it was a privilege. There's such massive highs you get with sport, and just even at the club level, there's just that sense of community, that team environment, w- was awesome. But 
the other side of it is just kind of um I didn't necessarily it wasn't planned enough for myself and I didn't have so my dad lived in the Middle East and my mum wasn't in Nottingham at the time she lived in Redditch where I was from um and I didn't want to burden her with my kind of issues so you just kind of stick your head down and, and hope that your talent shines through but if you don't nurture the person and you're just looking after the athlete I think like I say it can just take a lot longer to to show them strengths and cut, sport can be cutthroat and if and there could have been a lot of points or actually I'd have ended up not not making it rather than being able to scrape through to to getting them results wow you said a really interesting um phrase I mean that was all interesting but a really interesting phrase about um if you don't nurture the person um what was it if you don't nurture the person then you know you you, you do that basically to support the athlete yeah so a lot of the time within sport obviously like I say, you've got this support system around you and um, especially when you get to a certain level, you don't necessarily have that at the beginning. Um, but it can fall into the trap of actually you're trying to get the best athlete you can get rather than be the best person that person can be. That's it. And I think within sport, you can kind of lose yourself a little bit. And um, I think that you can be successful in sport and not be happy. And that's normally what they go together quite well. <laughs> because you're obviously you're hungry and you want more and that's why you keep striving and keep going but there's um, a psychologist I actually worked with once he said um he a boxer had asked him you know can, can you work with me like I need a psychologist and he actually said um I can but if you want to be the best you can be as a boxer I, I can make you like more comfortable more happy but you won't be as good an athlete and I think um, that was kind of reminiscent to me. Like when I retired, I knew it was time because I was ready just to kind of, I was content. And if you're content, you're not hungry anymore. So it's it's a real kind of battle you have with that fight to want more and have the aggression and, and nothing's ever enough as an athlete because even if you get gold once, you're looking, you're straight away looking to the next the next thing. So it can be really hard to be, be content as a person if you're um yeah striving after things so it's just it's a, it's a real uh balance in your head to be able to to I guess be able to enjoy being an athlete and and being taken care of as as a person <laughs> so <Wow>. yeah <laughs> yeah that's a lot isn't it to balance out in yourself and I mean it reminds me of um in safeguarding adults we talk about well-being and everything that you're talking about there is making me think, you know, you're balancing out aspects of your own well-being, aren't you? Um, and thinking, is it right to carry on or is it right that I spend more time, you know, with my family maybe and, you know, nurturing myself? That's quite a balance, really. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, obviously for ACT, we work across um, people who are at community level sport, right the way through to um, elite level sport. Have you got any tips for um, clubs about supporting people? You know, basically, right right from the start at, at community level, right the way through to um, elite level. Yes, I think from the beginning at your kind of club level is to have, um, within any team, I think a, a great idea would be to have an athlete rep. Oh, so yeah. that it's more anonymous. So they can kind of, they've got someone to talk to that isn't in, in power in any way. And it is that they've got someone to communicate with. And so from the from the first day, you know, this is the person that you can actually go to and that they're comfortable in that role. Obviously, you want someone that's able to 
to feel comfortable to, to say what they need to say. Um, but then it gives you somewhere to reach. Um, from a safeguarding point of view, just having the structure and, you know, this is the protocol, this is what you should do, this is who you go to. So that within teams, um, a lot of the time, it can be one person at the top and they're very passionate and they've probably kept the, the club going. I've had that quite a lot. Um, but then you kind of, that's, they, they kind of hold all the power. And in some cases, that's great. And they've obviously worked really hard to be in that position. But in other cases, if there's ever a kind of grievance or discrepancy, you feel that you can't go above them or you don't want to rough any feathers because maybe you won't get chosen for the for a relay team or be put into the the sub team or things like that so you don't and I think making sure that from the get-go each kind of parent and athlete knows what the process is and who to talk to and where to go with things um and then at the, the higher level we actually had um the British um athlete commission come in to say um to kind of give us that that outreach and outlet to be able to soundboard off because it might be something small um it's not you know people talk about abuse but there's so many levels to that and so you don't want to people can find it hard to speak up because they don't want to make something a big deal that gets said a lot I just don't want it to become a big deal but if you've got someone to talk to that's not in the association itself then it just means you can have that soundboard to say oh actually that should be taken higher or actually let's talk this through this person should be involved and it can really just make your mind more at ease and again as an athlete, if you're comfortable in your environment, you're going to get the best out of yourself. Oh, do you know, that's so true, isn't it? That if you get the environment right, people are going to do the best they can. Um, and it is the small things. We often talk in Safeguarding again about getting the small things right and, you know, noticing things, listening to people, responding to the small things. And then that will hopefully stop it becoming a big thing. Yeah. Um, so great to hear about the British Athletes Commission as well and about the great work that they do. Um, that's great that they're really helpful. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my last question really was about this, about why is it important to listen to the experience of athletes? Um, I mean, you've answered it to a certain extent, but I think that's probably more what we need to be doing. Yeah, so I think um, from an athlete point of view, you just want to be able to feel comfortable and confident in that environment the environment's the biggest thing um to be able to thrive within and have it so that you're not keeping people behind you you want everyone to excel um and they want each other to rise up on each other's shoulders not keeping each other at, at a level um so then from that point of view I just think the more open and honest communication you can have and and like I say right from the beginning yeah yeah that sounds that sounds really good yeah as a team that's actually what's going to uh, make the difference within within the clubs to to want you know if I am enjoying playing basketball with this team I'm going to go and talk to people about it and get more people involved and the big the more opportunities and the more people you have um, the more obviously your club's going to thrive and then the more the club thrives the more better potential you have of caliber of athletes that are coming through um, whether that whatever uh, sport that is. Um, and I know that was essential for short tracks. Obviously, there's only so many ice rinks in the country. Um, so as a winter sport, you really wanted people to to t be talking about it and saying how good this club is. And you're not going to get that as an, an organisation unless we're open, we're honest, we're transparent, so the parents feel feel comfortable. And also the bit that maybe people don't talk about is from an adult point of view, um, safeguarding 
is just as important for for everyone whether you're younger older um as well just so I've had obviously an issue with uh my coach where he kind of stepped into that parental role because of not having a parent there which wasn't it just kind of uh, naturally happened um so I put a lot of emphasis on on needing his approval and, and everything else but when that relationship um athlete to to coach relationship didn't work out it again put a massive spanner in my works but if there'd have been a different scenario set up then again it's it's things like that that you want to kind of as an athlete you want to overcome stuff so you know it's, it's all part of the journey and there will be peaks and troughs in your performance but the more you can base that on um the training the training plan and not the distractions of other things and the further you'll go yeah you've talked a lot about the organization really getting the organization working better listening to the athletes um you having somewhere to go knowing you know it's not just this really powerful person you've actually got other people within the clubs um and that just filters right through into community level doesn't it because if you don't get that right at community level people will go out of the door um they won't feel like they're going to be there so they don't want to be there um yeah oh that's it's been so interesting charlotte thank you is there anything else you want to add um, I guess it is just that you want to be able to have that um, accountability is maybe the the best way of putting it for for people and within the club so that um, you know actions can be can be looked at and it's not just like you say it's not just one person but I think that's the the biggest take I took from kind of the clubs that I joined uh, throughout my career so yeah yeah well that's a, a great ending actually because. Um, in safeguarding adults, they talk about six principles, um, and one of them is accountability and about transparency. All the things you were talking about, and then another thing that we talk they talk about is empowerment. You've been talking about that and about feeling able to speak out and knowing where to go. And then to me, all it's all wrapped up with prevention. So if you um, put this into place, you're going to hopefully prevent situations. So you're not going to have to go into protection type roles. So, yeah, thanks, um, Charlotte. And if you want to hear more from Charlotte, she's part of our um, participation forums that we're running. Um, so we do some face to face when we're able to. And we also do them online. So if you want to hear more from Charlotte and get involved and have your say, then um, please look up our um, safeguarding forums. Thank you for listening. If you want to know more about our work, check out our website, ancrafttrust.org, and follow us on Twitter and Facebook, at Ancraft Trust. <laughs>